we are back and we are black. We're talking about a good old Topanga. Topanga Topanga was a little spicy. Topanga was thick for a white girl, especially at that time. Bro. And she had the full lips. Hey, Topanga's crush worthy for the rest of my life. The other day she was on uh, Instagram showing off her sneakers. Seen it. I was like, oh, she a ball bass Blew my mind. I was like, oh, she know her shit. And she was like, yes, they have creases because I rock mine. I was like, I'm fucking with her. When and she pulled out the Melody Asani's, I was like. That, bro, she did that shit like they were just some normal ass sneakers. Like, yo, she is rocking heat. And you know she dropping real money on that shit. And just rocking it. That a lot respect- of them shoes was exclusive. Yeah. You can't walk into Foot Locker and find them shoes. You I ain't even gonna knock our niggas. You can't walk into some of these boutique stores and get them shoes. Shout out to them. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, okay, Danielle. They said, um, and then people were trying to bring up old like false talking points about that she was racist. Or, uh, you ain't gonna ride, you ain't gonna slide on my uh my white queen, my vanilla uh princess. Why were they saying that? Because uh, the girl that played, uh, what's her name in the show? Angela, mm-hmm. Trina McGee, has said she experienced racism on the set. And so people assumed that it was coming from Ben and Danielle. Why did they assume? Because they were, like, she didn't name names or nothing. Mm. But she also came out, she was, like, Ryder Strong... Daniel Fischel, aka Topanga, and somebody else. They have a, I think Will Fidel. They have a uh, Boy Meets World podcast, and she came on there, and she was dispelling kind of some of the rumors and stuff. Boy Meets World. Um, pull your thing back a little bit on. Oh my bad. Right. I was sitting back because I was eating too. No, I was. I was. I just saw the the meat of the microphone. <laughs> The white meat. The white meat. I saw the white meat in the microphone. Um, but yeah, so <clears throat> people just assume things about it. But yeah, Boy Meets World was very much a growing up staple. Yeah, it's the coming of age. Like black kids, white kids, everybody can relate to Boy Meets World. Yeah, and it wasn't like. I mean, it was cheesy in his own way, but them episodes still stand up. Like, I've rewatched it multiple times, and like, yeah, them episodes are dope. I think it was pretty relatable for us, too, just being in mixed situations. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You could understand the black girl's point of view being around all these white people. Just like the episodes where she'd be like, white people are crazy. Be like, yeah. <laughs> Preach this. I miss shows like that. Bro, it's you know what sucks? We grew up 
at a time where like there was like literal like children's like movies and TV and stuff, like a full youth culture of children. We all watch Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, Disney. We will watch movies with people our age in movies. Hell, I had a younger sister, so I was watching Nick Jr. and Disney. Uh, what what was the baby Disney shit? <laughs> the baby Disney shit. That's what we're <laughs> going to call it. it? <laughs> Disney Jr. Mickey Mouse Playhouse and all yeah. that. Hey, them, hey, them black kids love some Mickey Mouse Playhouse. <laughs> when we went to Disney World, my niece didn't say nothing. She met Mickey Mouse. She was like, Mickey, Mickey, Mickey! <laughs> Turn up for a real one. Hey, Mickey is the realest nigga in these streets. <laughs> and yes, I said nigga because, yeah. He is black. <laughs> we have documented photographic <laughs> evidence that he is black. He is black and always been black. Right. Been black. Big nose. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all was not expecting that shit. <laughs> Wide uh, hips. <laughs> hey. Call a nigga a nigga when you see him. <laughs> but yeah, man, that mouse is black, bro. Hell yeah. Man, everybody, bro, Mickey used to be, like, super hot in the 90s. Like, obviously, yeah. Mickey has always had a, a oh, excuse me, popularity, but just, like, have you ever known, which I'm pretty sure, I feel like everyone in the 90s has known a Mickey stan, and the one in my life was my aunt which was the youngest of all my mom's siblings. She was the baby. But I just remember her having, like, Mickey, like, a watch. I remember my aunt having a Mickey Mouse watch. And it wasn't no, like, play shit. Like, it was real, like, metal link band. And then the arms of it, did they have the the gloves? Yes. Yeah. She had that. She had Mickey socks, Mickey hats, posters, like, Mickey hardcore. Bro, when we went to Disney World and I was trying to find that shirt I got you, I was like, it's so much dope shit in there. I don't know where to go. Because, <laughs> like, bro, Disney World exclusive merch? Like, no, nah, you. this is way better than the Disney store. Mm. They had heat in there. Endless possibilities. Bro, it was nonstop heat. I bet it was all expensive, too. Yeah. Yeah. They had, like, that one sweatshirt with, like, the uneven backwards old school vintage leather. Let me see if I can find it. We be getting into, like, fashion (laughs) tables, and I'd be like, let me just be the fashion bitch that I am. Nah, that shirt, you got me. Like, as soon as I felt it, I was like, this shit had to be $50. At least 40. That was a thick-ass shirt. Yeah. It was... I can't remember how much it was. It wasn't cheap. <clears throat> but... You my nigga, bruh. No, nah, that hat I bought Wendy wasn't cheap either. Oh, yeah, I bet. 
That shit was hey, that shit was dope. Though. It, like the hat I bought her out, I, I almost uh bought the same shirt. I mean the same hat. Oh, I can't wait to see the Beyonce merch. I know. Mm. Hey, this Mickey Mouse gear be fucking going hard. The Mickey Mouse shit is clean, honestly. If somebody did a sneaker with Mickey Mouse collab, that shit would sell like hotcakes. This was the sweatshirt. I was like, oh, yeah, this shit ball. Oh, yeah. That look like it's a smooth $95. On Poshmark right now, they got it on sale for thirty nine. It was eighty nine. It was it was about seventy when I saw it. But yeah, that shit. I was like, oh yeah, that's what's that Bennett shit? It's the off run. Mickey was out here. Mickey was that nigga. I love. I am a Disney stan, but like I'm like not like where it goes obsessive. Even though if you listen to that episode after we got to Disney World, like, Juice is a fucking child. <laughs> I'm a Disney fan too, but I was never like, <clears throat> of course, when I was little, I always dreamed of going to Disney World. But I, I was never like super into all the Disney princesses or never was like, I'm Jasmine. Uh, you're like, do you think that would have been different if you had black women that were princesses? Yeah. How do you feel about Princess Tiara? I mean, Tiana. Because, I mean, we were fully, like, I think we were high schoolers by the time Princess and the Frog came out. Yeah. Because there's a whole generation of kids under us. Yeah. That they grew up with that shit. And it's like, damn, that's dope as fuck. Mm-hmm. I wonder how I would feel if Princess Princess Tiana was back in our day. Like, who is the most relatable Disney princess to you? Um, I don't know about relatable, but I I really liked Belle. Like I love Beauty and the Beast. That's probably like one of my favorite Disney princess movies. And then goes Snow White. I um, loved you. I dreamed of you <clears throat> once upon a dream. Um. So it would be Belle, Snow White, Jasmine. Do we consider Mulan as a Disney princess? Oh, definitely, yeah. Okay. Move here. Mulan. Actually, Mulan got to come. Mulan might be at. Well, shit. Now I'm just going back and thinking about all the princesses of color. We had Pocahontas. Yeah. Pocahontas, Pocahontas uh, Jasmine, Mulan, Jasmine. I probably were forget Esmeralda. Esmeralda. Um, we're forgetting one. Who are we forgetting? Bill. Nala, technically. <laughs> Google Disney princess. <laughs> uh, what's the girl from Wreck It Ralph? She's technically a Disney princess. Oh, 
but that's why I think it's dope. All the like, all the little girls that are growing up with Halle Bailey being uh, Ariel. So here's a quick story. So I told Kim off air. My family went to Orange Beach and they left me here because they said, fuck you, not this place. <laughs> they missed me, but I did, I couldn't go. So my, I was talking to my mom today and she said my sister took her daughter to the pool. Her daughter's five. She went to the pool and she had her floaties on. But she decided she wanted to swim underwater like the mermaids. Hey. <laughs> Impact. Good for her. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm here for black kids learning how to swim. But she didn't know how to swim. <laughs> At least she had them floaties on. Hey, she, Baby girl said, I see black women do this. Black women in tech. I'm going to do the same shit. <laughs> least she had. That's what the floaties is for. Because kids will do whatever the fuck. It's all about vibes for kids. <laughs> if you give a mouse a cookie. <laughs> they're going to eat it. <laughs> My nephew already is a dolphin. <laughs> That nigga can swim his ass off. That's naturally how I was. I just always adapted to water quick. I don't know what it was. I can naturally float even before I learned how to swim. I just feel like at peace in water. I've mm-hmm. always, even in my adulthood, I have not swam this this year <clears throat> yet. But I need to. I love being in the pool by the water. I love pools and I love watermelon. Those are my favorite things of the summer. The watermelon at the pool. Oh, game changer. Top tier. Um, we missed so much. Like this summer, y'all just gotta give us patience. We are busy as hell. Yeah, bro. Kim out here making big girl moves. Hey. I did my big one with this move. I ain't even going to hold you. Did you decide, yeah, I'm not moving for at least Absolutely, years. absolutely. <laughs> Today when I got all my shit in, I said, this is it <laughs> for a long time. Right. Like, well, this is the place I'll start my family. <laughs> Literally. That is exactly how I felt when I moved all my shit. But, well, well I guess I'm here for good. <laughs> here I am. <laughs> I will die here. (laughs) (laughs) Moving fucking sucks, bro. Like, there's no way around it. There's no easy way to move. There's no painless way to move. There's no cheap way to move. I don't, there's no cheap way to move. I don't care how many boxes and gadgets and, and, and furniture pads and bubble wrap and I don't care. Just the act of. Literally removing shit from your existing place and bagging and boxing it up and then carrying it over somewhere else and unbagging and boxing all of that shit. I just, I see why people pay movers. Now, if I had enough money, I would have paid me a goddamn mover. I will tell you, 
I did hire movers for the big stuff. Game changer. I will never go back. Like real shit. Like that's how much I hate moving that I was just like, I ain't gonna have that money just laying around like I used to. And I'm sure that shit had gotten way more expensive than when I moved in here. Yeah, I want to say like when I was making the reservation, they had movers available for an extra $250. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm okay. For an hour? Uh, For two hours. That might have been a steal, nigga. Shit, me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had my movers for about, I think it was like an hour and 45 minutes. And I spent about 250 but they moved like all my big shit. The only shit I had to go back and get was like my clothes and I just had to clean my apartment. So just mopping and sweeping and shit. Yeah. But I was able to move my clothes over like time because I would just get off, go out to fucking Madison, come back here and bring my shit. That's pretty much what I did most of the week. And then got the rest of the big shit today. And, um, Yeah, your girl was out there hustling. I had the dollies on deck. <laughs> I was a little scared to get that dresser, I ain't gonna lie. But once I got it figured out, I was like, oh, we in there. I'm Gucci. We in there like swimwear. And I do, listen, I did not take the clothes out of them drawers. I just pulled the drawers out. Because fuck that. Real nigga all day. <laughs> Just to throw them in a the bag and put them back in the dresser? Nah. By herself. Psych. I'm going to pull these drawers out. <laughs> and we going to figure it the fuck out. I'm such a DIY person, too. Like, if I feel like I could do it myself, I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. Or I'm going to figure out how to do it. But. That's at our school in you. If I ever move again. I'm already going to have more shit because this apartment is way bigger. Like, I've already ordered another bookshelf. I'm not doing it by myself. Nigga, I've added so much furniture in this house since I moved in. You remember what this house looked like when I first moved in? Yeah. (laughs) This room alone, it was just literally a table and our setup. Yeah. And look at all this shit. Now I'm going to have to move that shit? Fuck that. And now, like, I've got my living room moved. The space is so much bigger. It's even with all my shit in it, it looks empty as fuck. That was the problem about moving in here because it was it was so much more space. Like in my apartment, it was fully decorated, but in a house, that's no, there's no way. Well, I didn't have a TV at my other place because for one, like the layout, it's so funny, like. When you first get into something versus when you're leaving it, like it was just so much shit that I was just like, I was really paying this much for number one, this little bit of square footage. And the way that the TV wall was set up, it was just not like it didn't seem like it was thought out. So the TV connector um was on the wall that basically was next to the patio door but it was like it was like off-centered like there would there was no way that I could center 
my TV in my living room because of how the walls were. Yeah. Because it's like you walk in, you go around the corner, you have that wall, and then you have the opening right before the bathroom entryway in my bedroom, and then you have another wall. So it's like you got this wall over here and a wall over here and this gap. And my couch is like in between both walls. So I never set up a TV. Now that I have space for a TV, I'm beginning a TV, but I also need an entertainment center for it. And that shit, that's where they get you. The accoutrements. <laughs> but it's fine. I'm excited. Yeah. My mom got me. I'm finna show you my shelf. Ooh. Hey, mom present mom housework presents be hitting different. It was some shit I was looking at on Amazon and I was like, Prime Day is finna come up. I'm finna milk my mother. <laughs> <laughs> deals yo that shit is fucking dope as fuck holy shit hell yeah and it's pretty tall it's like six feet tall I need more bookshelves in here that's what I need I actually yeah. I want I need more record shelves no motherfuckers be expensive as fuck mm. I still gotta get you a housewarming present I got you I'm gonna get you what you what your music shit set up what you talking about? <laughs> so I don't got no music. That's what I'm thinking about with this entertainment center. Like I've been really looking for one with speakers. So that I can Bluetooth connect to it. Because I don't have any just like sound systems other than a little small Bluetooth speaker. I'll be real with you. Anybody... I know I would tell them to get the setup I have outside of the turntable. The turntable, I went above and beyond, and I, I went too far, to be honest. Because the turntable was like 350 mm-hmm. But the, like, the receiver and the speakers, that was the best, like, 250 I ever spent. Yeah. And that shit sound immaculate. Mm-hmm. But now, like, my, um... That Samsung speaker I have that I used to have in the living room that I have in my room now, that shit. I like those because you can uh you can have uh different ones and attach them and play different playlists in different rooms. I just I didn't do that because I ended up getting that Sony sound system. Bro, when you get the living room to where you can just play twos and chill oh out. Oh my god, I can't wait. You gonna be like, I'm the flyest nigga in the I fucking can't planet. Wait. And then your shit already look like Bro. you in Gotham City. <laughs> like my parents were like, Are we in New York? It's like, yeah, nigga. <laughs> I cannot wait. Like lifting the blinds up at night and just having like a lamp on. So it's like cozy, but then having the music going. I really want to get me a little, um, a little bar, cause I had hella glasses. A bitch loves glassware. <laughs> I got champagne flutes, wine glasses, stemless wine glasses, cognac glasses, mugs. The life of a bartender. <laughs> I need to give me some martini glasses, but I need to give me a bar. I really want a dope ass bar. 
I am getting to the phase of adulthood to where I can actually start building a bar. The fact that I have multiple tequila bottles around here with actual tequila in them is fucking amazing. <laughs> I'll never finish a bottle before buying a new one. Bruh, I've been I've just been trying different shit. This shit still might be I mean, I love that, don't get me wrong, but I'll say as far as like that's that shit. <laughs> For that to be a reposado and it's as light as it is, let you know some. That shit. This shit is dangerously light. I'm like, bro, this shit fuck me up if I don't chill. Be like my daddy slurping that shit down. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just I'm proud of you. You're doing the big girl moves. You out here living life like a boss. Just trying to keep, you know, elevating and Pushing and getting what I want out of fucking life. I feel like I work hard enough. I feel like, you know, it's time for me to have my my little bachelorette pad. Real nice. It's time. I'm in my I'm in my bougie era, which some might say I've been in a bougie era, but that's fine. But I'm really in my bougie era. <laughs> now y'all niggas really gonna be hating. <laughs> now you now you can see it. Nothing is a fucking habit. Um, <laughs> it still just be so weird. Like I just be like, damn, like I did this. Like this, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did that. Like shit. I'm doing this. Like <laughs> what? Every day I still be like, bro, this is not like a hotel stay. Like you live here. That's the dopest feeling in the world. Where you're like, bro, I got a dose spot, bro. And then the amenities, bro. Like. The fucking common rooms, and they have like a whole like conference area it's where you can rent out rooms, and they have like co working spaces. Like they have units like specifically for co working spaces, but they had like the conference area has like four or five different rooms that you can rent out just to go in there and set up and work and have meetings and shit. That's what I miss most about. My apartment, the clubhouse. Yeah. They had a handball uh, court on mm. the bottom of the clubhouse. Second floor was the gym. The third floor was the event thing. And then it had the pool on the outside. That shit alone is what sold me for my apartment. I was like, yep. He'd be like, and I can get this for six fifteen a month. Hell yeah. Man. Ain't no way you can get that shit now. <laughs> Hell no! You living in the jets? You can <laughs> you can barely get a, a roach motel for six fifteen a you, month. You living in the jets? Yeah, but it's pretty dope. Like, I can't believe it. Honestly, it's crazy. Sometimes, like when I be passing people, I be like, I wonder if they're like having thoughts about me being here. Like, I be. <laughs> I guess having main character syndrome at that point. But, you know, just like sometimes you see people and you be like, now, how y'all over here? You know what I'm saying? Like, you see see a little 17 year, 18 year old and you just be like. 
daddy's money right <laughs> and i'd be wondering if people see me and think that but i'm just like i don't even care i'm a boss ass bitch 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 i'm a boss ass i don't even care i just can't wait to fill the space up my closet huge like yeah huge yeah. like there's a whole the clothing racks go around okay. the whole closet. Like, that's how big it is. It's oh, not you got just that like, share from Clueless closet. I swear to God. <laughs> I could put a damn island in there type shit. Like, get your little chase lounge. Yeah, like I was there. thinking about it. Give me a little chair. <laughs> I'm, I can't wait to decorate it. Like, I don't know what feel I want to go for. I've been looking at just like urban art. Or just like urban pop art. I can't wait. That's the shit I didn't realize was so expensive. Even prints. Yeah. And now they've gone up even higher than like when I was getting like all this shit. I did find this one website though that they they have some really large artwork for like one twenty five, one fifty. Damn. What is it called? Society Six. The site is literally called BigWallDecor.com. <laughs> but like, I'm gonna show you one of the categories. Let's just go to let's go to pop art. Pop life. Everybody needs a thrill. These are all canvas. Yep. Ooh. Ooh. Man, I wish I had that paper plane one when I was like 20 something. That shit. If I had a house now when I was like 20 something, I have all that type of shit. They got some cool shit on there. Oh, yeah. Please leave me alone, sir. You're harassing me. The funniest thing about this podcast is, like, we don't ever, like, really acknowledge Cooper's presence. He just walks through and just does some loud shit, just walks off. I feel like Cooper be making his own presence known. Cooper be trying to show out when you pull up, and I'm like, I don't like this shit. This nigga trying to be cute and shit. Like, just attacking people as they come in and then want to show their bones. He'd be like, all right, bro, we see it. And he's like, all right, let me go back in there. <laughs> yeah, they got Biggie on here. They got Michael Jordan on here. There's a Lady Basquiat. Yo, people be losing their mind when they be asking me about my Basquiat tattoo. What do you mean? Like this girl the other day, she was like, oh my God, I love that crown you have. What is that? I was like, it's just the Basquiat uh, thing. She was like, who? It's like Jean-Michel Basquiat. Like Jay-Z always talks about him all. I've never heard of him. And then she looked it up. She was like, oh my God, it looks just like the crown. Like, yeah, that's... There's one guy also, he saw it. He was like, y'all must have just been sketching some shit. I was like, no, nah, it's, it's based on the artist. Like what? All right. I was like, 
Basquiat. Like, but these people were younger than us. I feel like our age, Jay-Z introduced Basquiat to everybody. Mm, our school introduced me to Basquiat. I first heard about Basquiat from Hove in like 08. I didn't, but I mean, I'm just a normal, like, I'm not an artist. So that's where I, I learned about Basquiat. Yeah, I learned, we learned about Basquiat around the same time we studied Andy Warhol and yeah, Banksy. They're, they're contemporaries, so it makes sense. Yeah. Also, Keith Haring. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I, I bagged a girl talking about, like, Keith Haring. And, like, I saw her and she gave me the eyes, like, oh, this nigga knows shit. Like, yeah. Like, don't break your dick now. <laughs> oh, we're going to have uh, the Huntsville Museum of Art is going to have Picasso exhibit. Okay, that's I think dope. like next month. And I was like, that is perfect date shit. That is, that is prime real estate date shit. Yeah, let's go look at these Picassos. Sounds like you got some plans. Well, they got Rihanna on here. Speaking of icons, did you did you see the juvenile uh, NPR uh, tiny disc lit, bro? That might be that's top three. It uh, it popped up on my um, YouTube subscriptions again. I had already seen the majority of it on TikTok. And that shit has been up for a week and already has three something million views. For a fully explicit fucking tiny desk. I feel like that might be the biggest tiny desk. Yeah, like two weeks in, yeah. No, I'm trying to think what was the big what's the biggest tiny desk other than that? T Pains was pretty big, I think. T Pains was big. <clears throat> Mac Miller's after he died became bigger than what it was when he first did it. Yeah. Adele's course was huge Alicia Keys was big somebody else that was like really big now I'm forgetting Ushers yeah Ushers is up there which we'll talk about him later (laughs) Um, but yeah the way Juvenile did that tiny desk and having Manny Fresh in there, being the musical genius that Manny Fresh is, was so fucking dope. It was perfect. And then he brought out John Baptiste and Trombone Shorty. Like, that shit was so New Orleans. The musical arrangements. It was like, it showed how dope Manny Fresh is as a producer. Yeah. Because he was doing this just all on NPC. He didn't have strings and all this shit, but it's so musically in line it's just like it's insane you got that happening and then juvenile's presence is like when i was watching i was like this almost feels like a blues singer Mm. the way he was just interacting with people and then like the vibe and everything i'm like hip-hop is the direct descendant of fucking blues and jazz. Mm-hmm. And then the New Orleans mix all up in it. It's like, yeah. Cause I've always had this thing that like, it's something about Louisiana rappers 
that's so close to like down home blues singers. Yeah. Like when Boosie did that down home blues album, I was like, that's exactly like there's an alternate universe to where hip hop does not exist. And Boosie is the dopest down home blues singer of all time. <laughs> his Probably whole, his whole vibe is just some bluesy ass jazz niggas. Yeah, shit. that's true. It's the same thing as like when Juvenile was talking. I'm like, that's an old nigga. Like these niggas is old, but they still was getting lit. It was weird seeing how many people lusting after Juvenile. I'm like. These niggas is like, <laughs> it's weird getting to the age where people like, I see what I like. Hey, chill out, shawty. Yeah, like, <laughs> wait a minute. Juvenile was grown when we were little children. <laughs> it, bruh, that music is so fucking nasty, but it is trapped to so many childhood memories. And then this one girl, she was like in her 20s. She was like, I just don't believe that y'all were out here listening to this as a kid. I'm like, baby girl, we were rapping all the lyrics to this shit. You had to be there. That's all I can say. Bruh, it's something about that drop. Juvenile in the summertime? Back that ass up is a Negro spiritual. Absolutely. The music alone. Absolutely. The way it moves everybody. When it drops, you look around to see who you go dance with. And it's been that way since the 99 and the 2000. That is music that speaks to you. Yeah. And it speaks to your Negro soul. Everybody is moved. As soon as you hear them first piano notes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Bruh, them strings, the way they came in on that shit. I was like, bro. Then, I wa- then the horns. Nigga, I was watching that shit. And I was just like, damn, John Baptiste is a real nigga. I didn't know that. I mean, I knew he was from New Orleans, but he be like Stephen Colbert's fucking band leader and shit. But the way he was getting live by playing, uh, What's the first song they played when he brought they brought him out? It wasn't rodeo. It was uh, I don't know because I didn't watch it in order. It wasn't rodeo. It was uh, what was it? Slow motion, maybe. I think it was slow motion. And then like that's I, a that's a great song to intro with. Like, like he brought out like that's what he brought out Trombone Shorty and uh, John Baptiste. But when he was he introed with the first song of Four Hundred Degrees, where it's just Manny Fresh going Juve, and then he did Four Hundred Degrees, and then he did Ha, and that's when it's like, oh shit! I'm thinking about the instrumental, the slow motion. That's a beautiful. Fucking instrumental. That's another, that's another like instrumental that creep in and just already have you like, oh shit. Oh, I like it like that. She working that. I don't know. 
it's like I got the world in my palm. Like the way he was rapping it, it was like he was rapping the dopest, deepest lyrics in the world, but he just talking about this bitch's ass. It was giving, but it was perfect. It was giving spoken word. Right. It's like I got the world in my palm. Right. It's right. like that outside dick keep them hoes sick is a fucking bar. <laughs> <laughs> That outside dick keep them hoes sick. Oh, uh. <laughs> not the funniest. And it shit. is so chill. It's cut, bruh. It's something about just being a southern black person that you you can't compare it to anything else. Mm-hmm. Like to outside ears, you just think he's saying some ratchet like shit but the way he's saying it and breaking it down is like they speaking to your fucking spirit and then like I, I've heard like white people talking about the juvenile uh juvenile tiny desk and they're just amazed that it went off that well and I'm like do y'all not know Manny Fresh is one of the greatest musical minds of all time he was doing all that cash money shit with one machine. Yeah. I think he said he had like 10 different sounds and was just reusing everything. Damn. Yeah. That's, Bro, a, that's a mastermind. The the encore where they replay back that ass up and Manny Fresh went into the crowd. Yeah. It's one of the dopest. Like, Imagine being there. Bro, I would have lost my shit. If they showed up in my office now and they were like, we're going to have a tiny desk in here with Juvenile and Manny Fresh, I would have been like, this is the day and I'm getting Juvie, fired. Juvie just <laughs> went high five and everybody in the end. That's that good energy right there. Bruh, it's... I love Manny Fresh. Like, I'm so glad Manny Fresh is getting his fucking flowers because I love Manny Fresh. Same. Them niggas that need to be lined up to perform at BET Awards and shit. Those are the icons we got. Like, they need to be at Essence Fest. They did go to Essence Fest too. Do they? Yeah. Lil Wayne was a surprise guest at Essence Fest. And they were saying that some of the aunties were not feeling Lil Wayne being there. Because, you know, them old school aunties, they've been going to Essence since like the 90s. Lil Wayne is from New Orleans. Right. And it was going to be mad. It's the 50 year of fucking, uh, of hip hop. Yeah. I am mad. Hip hop's birthday is next month. 50 fucking years. Um. Um. All right, this is the flyer from the first Essence Fest in 1995. This is the lineup. I'm just going to read this to y'all. Top of the lineup. Luther Vandross. <laughs> Gladys Knight. Patti LaBelle. Anita Baker. Boys to Men. Barry White. B.B. King. Mary J. Blige. The OJs with Gerald LaVert. Oh, my God. Aretha fucking Franklin is at it's not at the top of this list. That's how fucking dope that first Essence Fest was. Maze featuring featuring Frankie Beverly. Uh 
Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> and this was in when? 1995. Gerald Albright. I had to look him up. He's a jazz musician. It's 1995. Get who is the last person on the list of this? Just guess. It's a person and not a group. Mm-hmm. Like an iconic performer. Michael Jackson. Aaliyah. What? Yes, nigga. That's the first SS Fest lineup. That's like a murderer's row. A fucking 90s fucking greatness. But even still, it's like a... It's a good mix of like Old everybody. School, new school. Yeah. Because that's boys and men in their heyday. So how the aunties going to be mad at Lil Wayne? Because the, it's still a level of black... Older black people. Gen X probably. That still on that respectability politics about hip hop. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't remember. It was one of the times that we started like an old school R&B and rap uh, station in Huntsville. And on waterfalls, they would take off left, left eyes uh, verse. And I'm like, bruh, that's the dopest part of fucking waterfalls. Why would you take that off? Or they'll take off uh, T.I.'s verse on my love. I'm just, why are we always trying to cater to the generation that's making their way up out of here? It's because it's that, bruh, that's, that's them old school niggas that got some money and they wanted to go be around other bougie ass niggas. So this year, you got Janelle Monet being fully sexually liberated, showing her titties and everything, and looking fine as fuck while doing it. And making good music, because that album is really good. I don't know why motherfuckers have been tripping. Meg shut down Essence Fest this year, mm. and looked goddamn amazing. That photo shoot with her with the blonde hair... No weird shit. I did say one of these pictures because I was like, you know, one day that's going to be one of my backdrops. <laughs> right now, Koopy is it. But goddamn it, as soon as Koopy dies, I'm going to make Megan the Stallion <laughs> my goddamn. <laughs> Nigga. I haven't seen that. But I have seen she been in the gym. And we can tell. That's a generational body, regardless. True. At any stage since I've seen her, bigger, smaller, toned, not toned, is fine, regardless. Yep. But she is playing unfair right now. Yeah. She is playing unfair. And Kiki Palmer has been playing unfair. <laughs> Woo, honey. things first. Chile. Chile. First things first. It's just like Meek Mill said about Lori Harvey. Kiki Palmer on my wish list. (laughs) (laughs) 
that baby that turned her into the number one prospect in the country. Like, she definitely kept her baby weight in a in a good way. She was always such an old soul. That body been banging though lately, and it's just like, and she feeling herself. Yep, and and I feel like you should. You just like first off, you a woman that just gave birth. That's automatically gonna make you one of the baddest two things months on ago. Earth on Earth, nigga. two months ago. You got a cute ass baby. Your body is banging. Black people, your people love you. Always, we we stand, Kiki Palmer. Kiki Kiki Palmer holds a different like place in our heart. Like it's black millennials that. That's because Kiki gives like auntie vibes, but also like cousin vibes, cousin sister vibes. Yeah, and you are not gonna be out here playing with Kiki's name. Even the most misogynist niggas, and a lot of them have been around. They even be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We ain't gonna go too far on Kiki Palmer." <laughs> so Kiki goes to Las Vegas. And goes to the Usher residency show, which I gotta go see that eventually. I gotta see Usher in concert in Vegas. I heard it's a good show. I have not heard anything bad from it. Usher singing, he is one of the last true superstars. And he be dancing. Can dance his ass off. Still. It ain't, look, after Usher and Beyonce, there's a level of superstar that's a huge drop-off. They don't have the charisma, the stage presence, the voice, the moves, or it's not even superstar factor, the icon factor. Mm -hmm. Usher, if you put him in any generation, would be the nigga that was... That will steal your girl if you turn your neck. He like that old Frank Sinatra that is like, I'll sing you out of your draws. And effortlessly. He ain't doing too much. He ain't got to do too He's goddamn Usher. That's the other shit. But anyway, so she got to see Usher. And she is fangirling the entire time. But a brief aside, a couple years ago, she was one of the first people to do the Superstar Challenge where she did the Usher run. Mm-hmm. And she did it flawlessly because she is a fucking Usher stan. And she can sing, too. Yeah. We be forgetting Kiki be singing. Kiki, look. She's made music. Kiki can do whatever the fuck she want to do. Literally. <laughs> Literally. So she went and she was fangirling and she was wearing a little revealing dress or whatever. And then so people were just like, God damn, she out here flirting with Usher and her bitch ass baby daddy want to get in his fucking feelings. <sighs> and he was just like, what do you say? 
It's not uh, the way she's acting. It's the outfit. You a mom. Then he said, what is he, what did he say about the mother of your kids and the family? You shouldn't be showing these things to the world or whatever. I'm going to pull it up. We live in a generation where a man of the family doesn't want the wife and mother to his kids to showcase booty cheeks to please others. And he gets told how much of a hater he is. This is my family and my representation. I have standards and morals to what I believe. I rest my case, period. First of all, y'all aren't married. And we look, this is a thing that I wanted to talk about a couple weeks ago, but it was not the right timing of the thing that I wanted to talk about with. Y'all got to quit just saying somebody's your wife or your husband just because y'all feel like it. And honestly, I feel like only black people do that shit. No, white people be doing that shit now, too. I don't be seeing it as much. I be seeing white people all the time. That's my wife. She's basically my wife. Nigga, did you go to the fucking courthouse and sign documents? Right. Then she's not your goddamn wife. Did you talk to her father? Right. Did you <laughs> ask permission? <laughs> did you pay a dow? What is it called? A dowry? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we gotta stop doing that shit. Motherfuckers be claiming all type of people as their wife, and then when they are mad at them, be like, I mean, that that bitch ain't mine, right? Keep that same energy, my guy. And my, I think the the biggest problem slash red flag with that tweet was to please others. Part. Yeah. She's my representation. And I just feel like that speaks to insecurity because. You are thinking that a woman is dressing for other people and not herself. Yeah. Which is just showing us that you're afraid of other people being attracted to her. When you're dating. But you're dating a bad bitch. One of the baddest bitches on earth. Niggas don't be ready for bad bitches. I'm sorry. They don't. And I look, I ain't even gonna front. Like, I'll be one of the people, like, sometimes I'll be talking to somebody like that's fly as shit. And I be thinking in the back of my head, I'm not used to this. I'm just wondering, can I handle it? It's a real thing. And I mean, I'll be all the way honest also. I don't think he's wrong per se. I think the way he handled it was completely wrong and immature and insecure. Absolutely. Because she has said it. I don't the way he handled it was completely wrong because all right for one that's one of those things to where y'all need y'all need to handle that as a fucking family away from all of us Mm -hmm. don't bring us into your shit and by him bringing it to the goddamn internet like he's not dating one of the most famous people in the fucking world the the Twitter FBI done went back and found old receipts. Bro, they done found everything. He was agreeing with Trump on shit. Yeah. <laughs> he was being a misogynist. <gasps> That's surprising. <laughs> 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 uh, 
a black man trying to tell a woman how to live her life and he has misogynist tweets. Oh my God. I'm, I am so over niggas feeling the need to control a woman. Man, motherfuckers be doing that shit because they think of them as like collectibles. They don't think of them as actual for like fully formed human being. And it be over the most like minimal shit, like a basic shit. Like it don't ever be because she crossed a boundary. It's like a legit like, boundary. It's always just I'm insecure, so I'm just gonna say this is a boundary. The other thing is, this is how I felt. I saw some other people say this. It seemed like they probably broke up before all of this. This is not based on any information I actually know. It's just based on, it seemed like Kiki was out here being like, this is a girl's night out. Mm -hmm. And I ain't got no nigga. That's just me. The other reason it makes me feel that way is because other people were saying like, he made it about how she was dressed and not about how she was acting. Mm. And I feel like that was a thing that was done on purpose. Because you can't have any say-so over how somebody's acting when you're not with them. Exactly. That's true. And then, so he was just tripping on how she was dressed and just saying, you a mom. Which I hate that too, because it's just like, damn, like... Just because I become a mom means I have to stop being sexy. Yes. No, just <laughs> like, okay, now I'm a mom. I have to wear cardigans and sweats for the rest of my life. You got to dress like mama bear for bear seed bears <laughs> for the rest of your goddamn life. <laughs> Beyonce be out here with everything she want out to be out. I can't wait to go to that concert too. The lust after her. Like, that's the other part of like being a, a straight male Beyonce fan. I'm straight going just to be like, God damn, look at that ass. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, like... It, the shit that she wore on the Renaissance announcement. That metallic bikini shit. With her body banging. Oh, God. I'm sorry, but if I give birth and my body returns to that, ain't gonna you stop me. better motherfucking believe <laughs> it's out here. I'm out here. I'm dressed to show it off. Like, why Why can women not be proud of their bodies? Because it causes men to fail and it causes men to fall. No, just fine. That's what these motherfuckers will tell you, though. They make it to be like that their temptation or their horniness can't stop you from just being like, okay, that's a bad bitch. Well, I'm going to go about my life. Not like, y'all don't be around baddies, bro. Clearly not. <laughs> Clearly not. The men are not used to these bad bitches that they swear that they need. Man, these motherfuckers ain't ready for no bad bitch. Mm -mm. They want a bad bitch in name only. And then they want to humble that bitch. We'll talk about that later. In public. Um, she was wearing like my Eagles jersey. She's not even getting on the line with me. She not, I'm not talking to nobody. I don't care. She could be standing next to you in a picture. My name, I'm blind. 
from Stevie Wonder to the bullshit. And whatever that we going through, it's, we talking about that in the closet. Like, we uh. ain't nobody, like, it's on some, like, he's got a twin brother. Uh. Right. I'm not discussing but that. Then, that wouldn't need him. When people bring it to you, I saw your man or I saw that. You know, people... And I saw your man. <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up, but since we're bringing it up, have you checked with him? <laughs> and then we'll laugh and then we'll move on because they know I'm not playing at that point. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you don't have to discuss your man or your money. That's so crazy because I remember seeing that like two, three weeks ago. Yep. Bruh. Which that's how the fuck it should be. Like, just because y'all are celebrities doesn't mean that we have to know the ins and outs of what's going on between y'all's relationship when you're together. Like, okay, we're gonna hear if you split, but we don't we don't gotta be knowing the details about all this shit. Like And that's the part that niggas are purposely missing to where they're just like, So you don't think she was tripping the way she was acting with Usher? That is divorced from what he said. He said it was about the outfit, mm-hmm. which is bullshit for one, because it wasn't about the goddamn outfit. It was about she was fangirling for Usher. But my thing is also, if you grow up and that's your childhood crush, maybe I'm just, look, we go to that Beyonce concert a week from now. If for some reason Beyonce pulled me on stage and gave me like the Janet Jackson treatment. If I had a girl, she can't say shit to me. That's like I had a picture of Beyonce on Rolling Stone in my fucking freshman locker. That's one of your child. And then too, like, I mean, it's different for Kiki. But honestly, what are the odds of you and Beyonce becoming? Exactly. Anything. Right. Imagine, like, if I was, like, the total bad bitch version of myself. Like, I'm Super Saiyan Juice. And I just have, like, and Beyonce is just happened to hit on me. And shit can happen. Whatever girl I'm with, just gonna have to understand. <laughs> I'm a bad bitch now, baby. <laughs> bad Sorry bi- to break it to you. Hate to sound ridiculous. <laughs> Hate to sound ridiculous. Hope it don't hurt no feelings. But I'm a bad bitch. <sighs> Sorry, Bay. I'm now with Beyonce. That was his fucking problem. He a... can understand. And then also, I've been fighting this urge to just be like, that's what she get for getting with a light skin ass. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, every like almost TikTok video I've seen have been talking about him being a light skinned nigga. This is the most light skinned shit ever. Yeah. Bro, if Rihanna did that, I guarantee you ASAP wouldn't have shit to say about it. Cause she going home with ASAP. That's the other thing. Like, let's just say that they didn't break up, which we don't know anything. Let's just say they didn't break up the night of. Like, bro, she coming back to your pad with y'all baby. She didn't let you hit this shit raw. And listen here, <laughs> we didn't know who the fuck you was. Right. We until knew, we knew that you was with her. We knew you as Dro from Insecure's little brother. <laughs> Dro, I don't know that real nigga's name. I don't know his name as a real nigga. But I'm just gonna assume I wouldn't know his name if he said it. He's not a household name. He's Dro 
from Insecure, and I you are his brother. I forgot his real name. It's it feels it feels Hispanic, whatever it is. It is. It's giving Dominican, I think. And then plus he, uh, the dude that played Jerome knocked up Tasha from Insecure, and they have a baby. Wait, in real life? Yeah. What? And I'm like, damn, that's a group of badass niggas that made a baby. But look. <laughs> Because Tasha is a sweet lady. That nice, sweet lady at the bank. Them back shots. <laughs> yep. Legendary. We look, remember. We were, the North remembers. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, she coming home with you, bro. What you getting mad for? Literally. And then the other thing is like, bro, that's Usher. What do you expect? That ain't no nigga at the gas station. We could fully be like, my thing is like, I want to be understanding enough to be like, I will not be the last man that my girl is attracted to. That's just realistic. Mm-hmm. But like, she coming home with me, nigga. Mm-hmm. And she didn't already let it be known how in love she is with you. Right. That's, that's another thing that's killing me. Like, she just got done telling us. She in love with you, and here you are. She let you name her baby Leotis. <laughs> in 20 and 23, She this woman loves you enough to let her, to let you name her baby Leotis. That's insane, bro. I hope that I have the love of a woman to be like, hey, girl, guess what we got to name this baby Leotis. Because let me tell you, I would fucking never... <laughs> I once floated the idea that if I had a son, I would want to name him Virgil to a girl. And she looked at me like I wanted to name that nigga Lucifer. Damn. <laughs> and now we got Virgil Abloh and all these other Virgils. That's, that's going to be a dope name in the future. But uh, now I will say, this is one thing I will say. I have been on Kiki's side and I'm on Kiki's side because that's my cousin. Even though she ain't my cousin. She my cousin and thought she was doing a lot. She was doing a lot. I get it. I understand just being a fan of somebody. Mm-hmm. She was doing a lot. But my thing with Leotis's father <laughs> is that <laughs> say that. Stand on that shit. Mm-hmm. Don't have don't Come Don't start out. just talking about how she dressed and how she looked and shit. Because that shit makes it look weak because you're not even saying this thing that you were offended by. You're just trying to weaponize a whole bunch of lame-ass niggas to be like, yeah, fuck it. She's dressed like a whore. You mm-hmm. tried to slut-shame your baby mom. That's insane, Not bro. just your baby mom, but... Your partner. The woman you're in a relationship with. Yeah. Like, that's, that's crazy, bro. And then, like, niggas just, just acting like they're not seeing the point. Um, this nigga was talking shit about his baby mama. The on love the, of on the life. internet. Well, she told you how she felt. On the internet. And now she just like, I'm Stevie Wonder to the shit and selling shirts. Because, hey... 
Might as well. No monkey don't stop no show. <laughs> you <laughs> might as well make some money off of this bullshit. Hey, I feel it. But now this nigga is in his feelings and it's like, Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that nigga was on some weird shit. You can tell this is his uh, first bad bitch. I remember my first bad bitch. <laughs> It's hard, ain't it? When you... When you gotta you, adapt. It, it is different. I will say that. But it's just like, bro... You got That's why you gotta work on yourself before you start getting out here and dating again. Yep. Especially when you're trying to settle down. Mm-hmm. Now, look. I'm gonna be honest. Would I feel a certain type of way if my girl was less than all over Usher that way? Yeah. What I wouldn't do is go to the goddamn internet and tell everybody that I'm bitching out because my girl was tripping. Twitter of all places. That is where you go to find all of the trolls. Yeah. And you're trying to, like, I'm not going to say I think he was doing this to rally the troops, but you're just rallying all those incel niggas. Yeah. To be like, yeah, bitches ain't shit. I think he really expected that nobody was going to disagree with him. Oh, yeah. Nobody at all. Because he doubled and tripled down. Bruh, that relationship was over. You can't convince me that it wasn't over by that point. And they were just being cordial about it. And he wanted to jump out there on his feelings. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I just lived a long enough life to be like, yeah, I know what this is. And I might be wrong, but fuck it. I'm probably not. <laughs> I just, I'm just trying to think, like, if my significant other was in the presence of their, like, childhood crush. I don't think I would be upset about it. If they, you know what I'm saying? Like. Especially like for like like for me, if I'm as a guy. Especially during a performance like that, like Usher is like Usher is known to to serenade and like you know what I'm saying, like get personable with a couple people in the crowd and And then especially if you like, cause I, everything I've seen from this Usher run of his residency he always picks out all the big celebrities and shouts them out and goes and sings to them. Cause that's a, that's another marketing tool. I also feel like it's there's a lost art of separation between like a showman and niggas feeling disrespected. Mm-hmm. I really feel like back in the day, if a motherfucker was singing to somebody's girl, it wouldn't just be like on no whole like. I'm going to fight this guy yeah. or I'm going to talk shit. Like, oh, you trying to get my lady. No. Which, this is what makes the things that Leo, this is father, uh, <laughs> more light-skinned than not. If he had just been like, Usher, go out to see me. That is a different energy. Yeah. And you could laugh it off or you could not. Because then in that, you're not trying to humiliate your woman. You're not showing your insecurity 
directly dealing with her. But you just showing that nigga to nigga, we got problems. Right. And a real nigga gonna respect that. But that's what happens when y'all date light skin niggas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the light skin nigga fucking hey that that trope ain't leaving no time soon, bro. It's gotta be some it's it it just has to be some more light skinned niggas out here that can redeem <laughs> the bad rep. But I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> the allegations are all true, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> The the black milk allegations. <laughs> I have not seen it yet. The latte allegations. Not the latte allegations. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is about being black, but saying not the <laughs> makes everything. It's certain things about like just black coded things. Yeah. Like, especially like if you're like, instead of saying the, um, the actor that plays somebody just being like the nigga that played red in five heartbeats is so much more funnier than if I actually said that person's name. Yeah. Cause you're just like, yeah. Cause you, you visualize it and be like, yeah. I know the nigga that played right. red yeah. in five yeah. heartbeats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the nigga that taught the Ninja Turtles and <laughs> Oh, a splinter nigga. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that whole Kiki Palmer shit is showing that she is a dead ass superstar. Because niggas have been fighting for three motherfucking days on Twitter saying the, the dumbest fucking shit. And honestly, like. Oh, wow. <laughs> <It's> loud. <laughs> honestly. The people who are married. Are not. Um out here doing this with their wives their celebrity wives like I said like Jay-Z don't do this with Beyonce like that's another thing too like I feel like plays into insecurities is you have to be able to if you're gonna decide to be with someone let them be who they are without feeling like it's a threat to you in any way Especially when they have shown and expressed that they only want to be with you. Like, that should be security enough for you. And if you, number one, got a bad bitch. She gonna do bad bitch shit. (laughs) You cannot tell a bad bitch how to dress and wear her hair and do her nails and all this and that she has to change it just because she's in a relationship. Why do you like you got with her because she a bad bitch. So why are you wanting her to now downplay all of that? Just because she's in a relationship, she is still able to be a bad bitch and exist in the world and be faithful like. Niggas 
Oh, well, men as ourselves, our ego gets in the way, but also we are not conditioned to think of it that way. Like with sense, we're, we're conditioned to be like, no, she just out here trying to get uh, attention from other niggas. There are women. And that's a trust issue. That's definitely a trust issue. But it's also the way nigga logic be working. Same way with women logic sometimes. You don't need to know the probability of what is happening. You just need to just think that it's possible that somebody could be out here trying to get with somebody else. Just that idea alone will throw any logic and sense out of it. Just like you ever had a friend that'd be like, you can tell them exactly how you feel about things. You can tell them what you think will happen, what will not happen. But they find the one person that they want to agree with. Mm-hmm. And that's the confirmation bias is going to get them. Mm-hmm. That's how ego logic be working mm-hmm. for men and for women. And you don't want to hear anybody else's standpoint or perspective. You just need one person right. to agree with you. And be like, this nigga spitting. <laughs> and that shit is crazy. Like, if you if you got insecurities and trust issues, both are intertwined. And I just feel like that is probably the the biggest thing that you need to deal with before you enter into a relationship. That's the part of I'm glad I took that little break. Well, not a little break. That break of where I wasn't dating. And I was just working on myself mm-hmm. because those were issues for me. I mean, I'm not going to be all the way honest. Those are still issues for me. It's issues for a lot of people. Right. And like the other thing is like now I've noticed that people don't try to use language of that. They are a work in progress, but they try to use language of it's just uh, who I am. Yeah. And it's just like, that's, no, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be insecure about things. Especially in a relationship standpoint. Because, I mean, be, being completely honest, like, putting your heart in somebody else's hands is some risky business. It's the it's, riskiest business of all time. Right. Like, it's scary. So, it's it's normal to be nervous that, you know what I'm saying, you got a good-looking partner. Some Some other person could bite down on them or whatever but at the same time like that's where your trust gotta come in like first of all you if you were a super attractive person you have to just go ahead and accept that other people are gonna find them super attractive and other people might try them but nothing can happen if it's not consensual on both parts so you might be with a bitch who a lot of niggas try to get at but if she ain't going what do you have to worry about? You can't be upset that other niggas find your woman attractive and may speak to her and whatever else. You But you have to be able to rest in the fact that she's not going to be entertaining any and everybody that comes up to her. Right. 
And then plus, you gotta realize if you dating a real bad bitch, she been a bad bitch her whole life. <laughs> Do you really think that it just sprung on her one day that niggas are just trying to fuck with her? Right. You grew like we all grew up with Kiki Palmer always being attractive. Did you really think that all of us didn't like see that? And then do you also think that any and never any and every other nigga that has spoken to her or tried her, she's just been down for immediately? Like that's another thing. Like just because somebody is in your face telling you you're attractive and they want this that, and the third, doesn't mean you just automatically in there. Like that's one thing I have thought about lately. I think, and I always hear a voice when I think about this, niggas is easy. Niggas is easy. So niggas be thinking everybody is as easy as niggas are. Mm-hmm. And it's not. A girl can compliment me and I'll be ready to drop my drawers be like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is love. <laughs> but I also hear a lot or I see a lot, especially like podcast discussions and shit where Niggas will make the argument of, oh, I ain't worried about her. I'm just worried about, you know, these other niggas because I know how niggas are. That's scapegoating. And it's also showing that niggas know predatory behavior when they see it, but they won't. Come. And it's it's like, also it. them showing their ass because it's just like, so you saying you know how niggas are. So are you one of these niggas just like this? Yes, totally. Is that why you so scared? Because you knew that you know that if you was in a situation, you would be. Doing the same Easily persuaded. The uh, best case scenario is that they are the niggas that just uh, ride for the person that's doing the wrong thing. That's best case scenario. Worst case scenario, they are said niggas. (laughs) (laughs) That worst case scenario be more uh, prevalent than not. So, like, um... I walked in I go by the snack machine And There's a dollar On top of the snack machine I'm just like Man I look at the dollar It's got a little piece Missing off the top I try to use it In the uh, Snack machine But it doesn't work It's like Alright I'll just put it back I go into I walk in that motherfucker And there's a thousand dollars Sitting there For somebody to snitch? No, like it's a thousand dollars just like sitting there. Like I think it was um so I sit there and I saw I count the money, I'm like, it's a fucking thousand dollars. And I'm just like, what the fuck am I about to do? And I was like, Yeah, somebody has a doubt like somebody has something in this first room. She's like, What? I was like, You gotta come. She came, she's like, What is it? I was like, It's a thousand dollars. She's like Wait, what? Said so somebody left a thousand dollars over here. And so she's like, let me try to figure out who was in this room before. So she calls like three different places, and then one of them tells them the exact amount <clears throat> that was in there. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm just like, I'm a fucking idiot. This you is the perfect. Could have put that in your pocket. Yes. 
Got us some new equipment. <laughs> right. I was like, I'm about to buy us the greatest mics of all fucking time. I did that Keith Lee shit. Like, I went to a place. <laughs> oh, it was like, oh, we about to sound golden as fuck. Bro, you know what we could have got for a thousand dollars? Bro, that's what I was saying. And I was just like, before I hit the buzzer, like my mind, I was just like, before I could even like think it in my head, it was like, "Are you sure you're gonna?" I was just like, "Yeah." I, get, I mean, it's the right thing to do. I was just like, "Bro, I will never." I would have at least took half. I think. I thought that's the other thing. I was thinking. I was just like, <sighs> I was thinking in my head. I was like, I should at least take a hundred. But I was like, yeah, hundred. That's not noticeable. That's smart. I was just like. This is ain't the right thing to do, and I'm like, I'm God, such a moral fucking person, and I'm just like, but why would anybody just leave cash out like that loose? They're fucking idiots. Like, was it in the envelope or anything? No, it, it was, was loose dollars. Up. Yes, it was four or five, and like a dumbass, I was just like, I'm gonna do the right thing to do. Deadly do right ass nigga. I was just like, bro, this is social pressure. This is just all that my anxiety, <laughs> like, coming back at me. I would have been like, where are the cameras? Somebody is trying to see That's the other up. thing. It wasn't no cameras in sight. I could have got away with that shit if I hadn't said shit. Damn. And I was just like, bro, I don't need the, car- like, the bad karma. Yeah. Of whatever would happen. Mm-hmm. And so I did that shit. And I was just like, man, I'm just going to ride with it. I called my mom and she was like, I'm glad she did the right thing. Yeah, of course. I was like, I said, I, t- I called the one person that wouldn't <laughs> to fucking talk me out of the goddamn shit. <laughs> and then as soon as I was talking to her, my fucking um, low tire light comes on. I'm like, fuck. And I'm on the phone with her. I'm just like, she's like, what? I was like, nothing, never mind. Bro, it was a wreck on Moore's Mill that day. I think it was what? Friday. Friday. Yeah, so yesterday. So I couldn't get home in time. So I was just like, man, I'm just going to go to Aldi's and come back. So I put air in my tire and the light goes off. I'm driving back and I'm. Like, the light comes back on. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to have a fucking nail on my thing. I had a nail on my fucking tire, like, two weeks ago. I had to get patched. I pull over. There's a whole big-ass screw in my passenger uh, front side. It's 520 on a Friday. It's like, no way it's going to happen. I'm pulling the Mavis. And I tell the guy, he, like, he's getting ready. He was like, you got an email address? I was like, yes, sir. Um, it's Dennis. And he said, I don't, I don't need help. He said, I'm going to do it for free. But just leave a good review. I was like, bet. Hell yeah. But this is my thing. So I was talking Instant to my, karma. I was talking to my mom. I was like, that ain't worth the thousand dollars I passed. <laughs> right, because with a thousand dollars, you could have got your tire fixed and still had plenty left. I could have got folded, motherfuckers. 
<laughs> but I mean, for real though, honestly, what other time would anybody give you a free tire patch up? Only if I did the most righteous thing that I ever could have done. And then, you know, to already having a nail in it two weeks ago, it's just like, God knew you just need a little break. I need that nigga See, I believe in that karma shit. I've been believing in it, but I'm like, I need this nigga to fix my fucking radio. <laughs> Fuck this all this shit. Like, give me some shit that's like Fuck worth a good thousand. review. Fuck a good review. For what it. else can you do for I me? Was, hey, I can afford that thirty five dollars to pass your goddamn right, tire. Right. I passed up a thousand motherfucking dollars today in cash. That's like end of the rainbow type shit. I, and I was just like, God damn it, I feel like a fucking sucker. Finding a loose $1,000 in today's economy? In today's economy. That's insane, bro. I know anybody who could use 1000 Anybody. Ooh, let me, let me find some <laughs> loose dollar bills somewhere. Some loose dollars? his exes I guess the most recent one I'm guessing I didn't know this but apparently he had a baby mom they had a baby he had a baby last year so the one before this Jonah Hill had a baby yeah he's a daddy that's crazy well yeah anyway one of his exes uh, (laughs) (laughs) basically I don't want to say exposed him because he may not be this person today but basically exposed the person he was during their relationship. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Last week. Uh, He exposed the person that she exposed the person that he was during their relationship, which was a very um, controlling and manipulative and kind of gaslighting in a way type of person like a whole way it's just giving um full-blown narcissists Mm -hmm. which i really i hate throwing that word around because it's just like it's such a uh it's a clinical term that people have overused to be all the way honest yeah what would we call that like if we was in school or whatever not the hot word but just like a buzzword yeah it's such a buzzword now when we talk about specifically men in relationship settings but i feel like it definitely has applied to men a little bit more um but so I guess he slid into the DMs or he he liked one of her photos at one at one point, hard eyed it at least before they were dating. And that's how they got started. Um, and she was a, a professional uh, surfer. surfer. Yeah, she's a pro surfer. So I'm pretty sure he what, was it a picture of her surfing or just like a picture of her in a bikini? Yeah, he he slid in the DMs. So, you know, 
based off what he was seeing on her profile, which was mainly her surfing or pictures of her in a bikini, which, I mean, I just feel like if you're a surfer, obviously. What else you go surfing? Most of your time, you're going to be in a bikini. Um, So that kind of sparked it there. They met, started dating, and she released these text messages from him that was basically showcasing all of his insecurities on front street but he was pretty much giving her these ultimatums on how she needed to present herself on social media and amongst i guess other um surfers surfer, or male in surfers in the surf culture quote unquote right and basically he was telling her that she didn't need to be wearing any bikinis or posting any photos of her in bikinis or anything sexual to social media which i mean i don't follow this girl i don't know who she is it didn't seem like she had a profile full of just like provocative content I don't know what she may have had on her stories, but as far as like her actual like feed, it was just normal like surfer girl shit. And so she posted a photo of their messages. And in one of the photos, he had made an entire list of like what she needed to do or not do. And went on to say that uh, by doing these things that he didn't want her doing, she wasn't respecting herself or him or his or their relationship or their or his boundaries. Quote unquote. The list. This is what he said. Plain and simple. Uh, semicolon or colon, whatever. Fuck, I can't remember. If you need. Surfing with men, boundary lists, inappropriate friendships with men, to model, to post pictures of yourself in a bathing suit, to post sexual pictures, friendships with women who are in stable, I mean, are in unstable places, and from your wild recent past. Beyond getting a lunch or coffee or something respectful. He said, I am not the right partner for you. If these things bring you to a place of happiness, I support it. And there will be no hard feelings. There are no boundaries for romantic. Um, these are my boundaries for romantic partnership. My boundaries will with you based on the ways these actions have hurt our trust. Our trust or your, your trust? <laughs> and those things don't have anything to do with trust. It's no. just you being insecure. You're also weaponizing the idea of boundaries for your own insecurities. Mm-hmm. Now, there was one guy on Twitter said, why is it when a guy says boundaries? We say that that's toxic and all this other shit. And a lot of people read him before I retweeted the thing. But what I retweeted was he's not setting boundaries for himself. 
he's setting conditions for somebody else. Mm-hmm. All of the shit that he said is just all about his insecurity. Now, what makes this complicated is he had a whole press run where he had a, a movie about his therapist and um, the movie that him and Lauren London made with, on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I can't remember the name of it. But um, where he didn't want to talk about like his his weight. And the uh, the questions that reporters would give him about his weight and stuff. And I respected him then because it's like, all right, I get it. You don't want to talk about your weight and your weight fluctuations and everything. And I respect your boundaries and everything. Those are legitimate boundaries. Right. Those are things that may lead you to self-harm. Mm-hmm. I understand that. <clears throat> What you can't do is weaponize the things that make you insecure and put that on somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't want to talk about your weight, you don't want to take pictures of your body without your permission, by all means, my guy, do that shit. But when you start doing that against a woman that her body and everything else attracted you to her, you are trying to weaponize um, your insecurities. And you're doing so and doing so in bad faith. So I, I can't back that up. And it's been tons of just niggas that don't get bitches or go on dates um, saying, <laughs> saying stupid ass shit, but he. He put his boundaries out there, plain and simple. She shouldn't have violated his trust. Two things can be right at the same time. She should not have violated his trust with private text messages. I will totally 100% agree with that. But we're not going to just be past his uh, weaponization of uh, therapist terms and therapy to get on somebody. And I've seen like other women talk about some of the guys that they dated that have been through therapy or whatever have tried to weaponize therapist terms. And I could see how that would happen, but as like a man, as a cisgender straight male, that is a terrifying thing to me. I'm trying to be a better person. I don't want to... The therapist I have has not made it to where he is like being like, yeah, these bitches trip. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I'm thankful that I have an adult guiding me through all of this shit. I would not try to flip these things on any of the women I'm involved with or talk to. And I'm doing it for like a pat on the back, but it's just it's one of those things to where it took me so long to get to therapy. I am not trying to um, not take full advantage of the blessing that therapy has been in my life. Mm. Like I was talking to a younger person while well, I was talking to an older person that was talking about a younger person. 
And they were like, yeah, he has a therapist, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I wish I had a therapist at 21. So much of the bullshit I've gone through in my life could have been avoided if I had a therapist at a younger age. Yeah. So, like, that is not a bad thing. If anybody's listening that's younger, if you have a therapist and you're at a younger age, you are beating the curve that me and my generation had. So, by all means, baby, ride that shit out and become the best person that you can become. Like, because I feel like I'm becoming a better person. And if I didn't experience, like, my early 20s just being a goddamn hippie <laughs> trying everything in front of me I think I would have been a better person I'm not mad for the journey I went through but I could have went about this a better way mm-hmm. but the idea that Jonah who's somebody I appreciate as an artist would weaponize his therapy and everything else Makes me feel icky. Which is another thing I feel like. I'm trying to use your therapy in this situation. Like, I feel like for most instances with celebrities, like, how do I say this? Like, where was I going? Um,. I feel like celebrities, number one, are just like putting too much of their personal out here. Like, not to say, not to say that it's a bad thing to mention that you're in therapy. But <laughs> it's a bad thing to mention that you're like I get what well I'm not trying to put it. But it's 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 like mentioning that almost especially as a as as a celebrity, it's like you're like you said, using it as a scapegoat. Like you're using it to dismiss like any other thing outside of your reality. It's also because it's almost how I'm doing better than you. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's a it's thumbing your nose at people that can't afford the resources that you are kind of abusing. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like a oh hey like I'm out here doing bad and making bad decisions too, but I'm in therapy. Yeah. That's also why I feel like a certain type of way about like the way that uh, people have weaponized therapy on like social media to where they do like go to therapy, go to therapy. It's like that's not like a simple thing. You don't. It's not that easy. I had to fill out 23 documents to go to my therapist and that's with insurance. And on top of that, like. You also just have to be fucking ready. That is the biggest part of it. 
And that's the part of it that people act like therapy's a magic pill. You just go to therapy and then you become a... Mm-mm. No. And then, like, we talked about it on other, like, just times when we've hung out. Because I feel like we haven't put anything out in forever. But <laughs> the the times we've hung out and we've talked about it, it's not like a... Um, We've talked about how it feels to go through therapy or go through counseling. And um, know, quote unquote, what you need to feel or how you need to feel. And then putting it in practice is a different thing. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just some nasty business on Jonah's forefront and. The other thing I saw that I didn't like was people were saying, like, I mean, these are the things we were thinking about, but we couldn't bring it up because he was going on his little uh, therapy uh, press run. It's like, some of y'all don't actually value, like, therapy and shit. <laughs> y'all, y'all, some of y'all don't actually value healing. No, y'all just can't wait to be the mean girls in the fucking cafeteria. That's real. Like that's what most a lot of the internet, especially social media, has done. One second. Thanks for tuning in. You can find all of our links and merchandise at www.thesuburbanpodcast.com. You can also get your listens in on any of these streaming services, such as Google Play, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Subscribe.